The only shortcut in life is to start now. So whatever it is that you seek, whatever it is that you desire, after you listen to this, you put down your player, however you're listening to this, go do one thing to start now. Just take that one little action. Reach out to one person. Send one follow-up email. Give one high five. Tell somebody you love them. Send one text of appreciation. But start now because the game of life is waiting for you. This is for the others out there, the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. All right, we got Jake in the house. Hey, man. What's up, brother, man? I'm feeling all calm and relaxed now. I love it. I love it. It's great to connect with you. I feel like just in a couple minutes as we've been getting going, I feel like I feel like you're a homie that I've known for a long time and we're just getting connected. I'm sure you get that a lot. I'm sure that's a, a big part of your networking and a big part of uh, your reach that you have. Yeah, man, dude, we got we got some great vibes going. I'm excited to uh, to bring the heat for everyone's listening. I love it. Awesome. Um, so first off, I got to say congratulations. You got a new book that's out. That's big time. Tell us about the book. Thanks, man. Um, I appreciate it. It's been it's been a long time coming, but we just released my net my latest book called The Elevated Entrepreneur, and the whole premise of the book is designed on helping you become a high performing, productivity crushing, freedom achieving entrepreneur. And the way that we wrote this down, the way that I wrote it was I interviewed 39 of the world's greatest coaches, performers, and entrepreneurs, online, e-commerce, politicians, people that have exceeded all expectations, people that have created an incredible life for themselves and bundled it all together with some analysis and commentary. I'm kind of like a, a data nerd, so I love that stuff and put it out there for, for everybody to read. And, the, and it's just been amazing. People have had their lives change and transform already. And it's really cool for people to see different people answer similar questions because you really get to see who do you resonate with? What action steps should you be taking in your life? And, and ultimately it's just been a, a work in progress and now it's out and, and uh, it's just a blessing to have another book out for the world to experience. So cool. And how many books have you written before this one? This is my third one. Uh, I wrote my first book at, at 23, which was all about how to stand out in the job market and discover your passion called Elevate Beyond. And then right. my second book was called Elevate Your Network which is 25 Kelf keys to, to building extraordinary relationships in life and business. Excellent. And that this is the third tying it all together is the elevated entrepreneur. Yep. We're, we, we got a theme going, but moral of the story is we go into the top and Amazing. you can jump on board. Cause we go on, we're going to have I some fun it. in the process. I'm, um, I'm hopping on, man. I'm all in. So let's, let's talk a little bit. I'd love to, this is something that I talk about all day as well is the, the idea of high performing, high performing habits, yeah. being a high performer. One of the things that I love from Tony Robbins, he talks about 
um, the combination of the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment and kind of this combination of achievement and fulfillment, being able to remain grateful and present and content while also striving for more. How do you, how do you think about that balance as being a high performer or high achiever? Yeah, man, no, this is an unbelievable question. And this is a question I've centered a lot of work around. I mean, one of the questions in the book that I asked every guest was, how do you enjoy the journey while you relentlessly pursue success, That's right? It, man. Very That's similar it. concept. Right. And for me, as, as someone who's always been super ambitious, I put the pressure on myself. I want to achieve great things. I always want to achieve more. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's naturally what we are as, as high achievers, high performers. You always want more. You always want to be at peak performance. And so one of the most important things that we got to realize is that these types of people were very go, go, go. We're very future oriented. And sometimes in the chase, we miss out on what's currently happening or how great we really are doing along the way. We forget to celebrate the small wins. We forget to tell people we appreciate them. We get so consumed by the result, we miss out on the process. And so for me, one of the biggest things that's helped me be able to be more present, be more fulfilled, is really practicing gratitude, mm -hmm. really becoming internally focused so I can be externally driven, right? And when I narrow it down, I say, okay, what am I grateful for? What was the best thing that happened in the last 24 hours? What am I excited about today? These are all prompts that start to put me in this present moment to make me realize like how great of a life I actually have, right? And so that way, instead of chasing a goal or a metric, I'm chasing the journey, right? I'm chasing this idea of, yes, I'm going to achieve because that's what we do. And I know that, but I'm also enjoying every step along the way, the ups, the downs, I'm living it, I'm expressing it, I'm embracing it. And that's given me a lot more freedom to become even more focused and produce at an even higher level, which is kind of ironic, right? It's the paradox. It's like that catch 22 almost. For and, sure. And, and when you can start to, what I found too, is when you can start to, whatever, whatever it is we want, we want it because we feel like we'll, we, we will feel better in the having of it. We think it'll, it, it'll, it will bring us something, which is true. We can kind of shortcut that and we can focus on, like you said, the gratitude of feeling that now. And then I always find that that just shortcuts the actual thing materializing. I don't know if you can relate to that. No, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, you look at, you look at all the things and, and, and I'll take you one step further, dude. Like you look at all the things that people want, either a certain amount of money, a certain car, mm -hmm. more times than not, the reason we want it is not because that's what we actually want. It's because we think it's going to make us look cooler or make our lives a ton easier. Now, when you make a lot more money, yeah, it can make your life a lot more easy, right? It can make it a life a lot easier. But what's really important for us to realize here is that a lot of times the reason we do or don't do things is because of the perception of others on how we think they're going to view us, right? And when we allow other people to dictate what success looks like for us, or we allow other people to dictate what our dreams are supposed to be or the life we're supposed to live, that's when we fall into comparison. That's when we fall into guilt, doubt, fear of rejection, the fear of failure, and that prohibits action. And when you aren't willing to move or take action, you can't ever achieve the things you set out to achieve in the first place, regardless of why you want to achieve those things. Mm, yeah, that's a really interesting thought. It totally makes sense. And I mean, you know, this as a business owner as well, and other entrepreneurs find this out pretty quickly, but just because you're bringing, when you start to bring in more money, your problems don't go away. The problems actually get bigger. The, the level of problems you're dealing sure. with actually get bigger, but then you're able to solve those bigger problems. So it's like more money, more problems. That's a real thing that you find as an entrepreneur when you're dealing with more clients, there's more situations. So you have to be ready for that. It doesn't like solve anything.
hundred percent. I mean, when you're building a team, right? All of a sudden you go from you paying yourself and like, okay, I can figure it out to now you're responsible for someone else's salary or someone yeah. else's part-time salary. Right. And that, that plays a big role. You know, the more successful you become, the more people want to try to tear you down, the right. more you step into the public, right? People are always like, oh, I want a million followers when they have a thousand. It's like, do you really want a million followers? Right. Do you really want that? Like, are you willing to put yourself out in front of a million people? Or do you think it just sounds cool? Right. And so when we, as you grow and as you continue to level up, it just becomes harder to get to that next level. Right. When you look at, at people that, that play sports, it's very easy to make a high school freshman team. It's a little bit harder to make a high school varsity team, a little bit harder to get a scholarship, a little bit harder to play on that team, harder to get drafted, harder to make it to the NBA, harder to become an all-star, harder to become a champion. It doesn't get easier the higher level you go. The competition gets better. So you, therefore you have to step up and become even more of a high performer, right? And that's when the game gets really fun because you get to start figuring out what you're made of. Yeah. So good. I love the analogy to sports and the game. This is something I talk about all the time with any of the mindset stuff that I'm working on or teaching, but the, the parallel is just amazing of playing the game and the game of life. And as you continue to go, so uh, tell me a little bit more about that. And I, I see it all through the branding for, for you and all through your messaging around elevating and reaching the next level of being a high performer. How does that translate over for you for sports? And I know you have a background in sports as well, basketball, like how does that translate over the mindset of building a business to playing sports? Oh, I mean, it, like you just mentioned, the parallels are, are crazy similar. And it's like, it's like, we're playing the game of life. At the end of the day, we're playing this game. The only difference is you get one game. You don't get a redo. You don't get another opportunity. You can't lose it and come back. You get one game. Now, at the end of your life, you want to dictate our, you want to say that you're a champion. And I don't know about you, but I want to be the MVP. All right. I want to be the most valuable player of my own life. I don't want to be playing someone else's life. I don't want someone else to be the MVP of my life. I want to be the MVP. But the way we got to think about this is we got to break it down, right? Not every day is going to be a great day. That's just the truth. No matter who you are, what you do, how much you love your job, how much you hate your job, you're never going to have 100% wins. Your day is never going to be 100% perfect. So I like to think of like days as like your wins and your losses, right? If you can have more wins than losses, you got a chance to make the playoffs. How do we have wins? Well, we practice gratitude. We celebrate it. We have these good experiences. We meet someone new. We sign a new client, right? We start to experience these things. Well, if you have a certain amount of wins, you're going to make the playoffs. And when you get to the playoffs, now the opportunity comes. We'll say, okay, well, how am I going to step this up? And you got to keep going. And you got to showcase. The more wins you have, the better off you can be on a consistent basis, the more momentum you'll build. When you get momentum in the playoffs of life, then you start to see the real results, the game-changing moments. You buy your first house. You, you buy your first investment, right? You, you get into your first company. All of these things start to level up, right? The game becomes bigger. And that's what puts you on the path to becoming a champion. But at the end of the day, it comes down to this. Have you done everything you possibly can do to elevate yourself to your level of greatness, to your definition of success? Because when it's all said and done, and John wants to make a million dollars and you want to make $200,000, it does not mean that someone is more or less successful. Maybe from a financial standpoint, it does. But in a life standpoint, you are not judged by the amount of money you have. You're not judged by the things you've collected. You are judged by the person you've become in the pursuit of your greatness. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to do is like, I want everyone to elevate to their level of success, to achieve that definition, because it doesn't matter if you're playing someone else's game because you can't win. 
The only game you can win is the one that's right in front of you, which is your life. And so I always have these parallels. There's so many more and examples that I could pull from like different NBA athletes or Kobe when I worked for the Lakers. But in a nutshell, we got to say, let's compete. And if you want to win the game of life, you got to get in the freaking game, baby. Mm. And you can't be afraid of losing. You can't be afraid of getting a floor burn. You can't be afraid of anything. You got to say, I'm in, let's play and let's learn along the way. So good. Wonderfully said. Time to get off the bleachers and into the game. Get your head in the game. That's what we're doing. I, I love that the, being the MVP of your life at the, end of the, at the end of the day and the end of the game. One of the things that, um, that I always visualize, it's like it, it really is about that competition with yourself and your highest potential and what you're to pursue, which is, for my version, different than yours. Although I have a feeling they're probably quite similar. <laughs> different. Different than my dad's, my mom's, my brother's, sister's, the everybody in the celebrities, right? It's everybody's we're playing this different game, but I had a friend share with me once that the definition of hell is meeting the person that you could have become. I don't know if you've heard that quote before. Yeah. Right. I haven't, but that's, that's, that's some big shit. It's sobering. That slaps you sober right there. The definition of hell is meeting the person you could have become, meaning like you get to meet that MVP that you could have been right. And, and for me, what that does on a daily basis is like you said, I'm never going to be perfect, but I, in my mind, I have JC Joshua church, but then I have JP Joshua's potential which I'm going to start calling my MVP, I think. I really like that. And I'm every day, I know that that MVP is going through the day and he's getting up on his first alarm. He's doing his thing. He's he's living it to his potential. And my goal is to chase him and to compete with him and be like, well, JP's doing this, so I better step up and do it too because I want to get his... I want to bridge that gap. I want to get as close to that as possible. I'm not going to be perfect. Some days are going to be better than others, but I want at the end of the day be able to hit my head on the pillow and say like, I got you today. Like, I got you today and I'm going to get you again tomorrow. So I love that framework of being the MVP there. Yeah, dude. I, and I love, I love how you're going JP, baby. That's, that's sweet. But like one of the guys in the book, his name is Ben Newman or at continued fight on, on Instagram. He works with a lot of college, college athletes, pro athletes. And he, and he talks about this thing where he's like, at the end of the day, how do you know if you're successful is when you look in the mirror and you can ask yourself, did I do everything I possibly could today? Did I give it my best to be the best I'm capable of becoming? And if you can look at your mirror and honestly say that at the end of the day, then that's all you can ask of yourself, mm. you know? And that's such a great way Beautiful. to just put the practical in, right? Look in the mirror and ask yourself, did I give my best today? And the only person you can lie to is yourself. And you know if you did or you didn't. And that comes down to what are you willing to do to make it happen? And, mm. I, and I love that mentality of like, let's take these concepts of becoming the MVP and let's make it real. Did you put in the work today? Yes or no? If the answer is no, it doesn't mean you're not good. It doesn't mean you failed. It doesn't mean you're a reject. You're, you're a reject. What it means is why. Why weren't you able to give your best today? What got in the way? Because when we can learn, we can start to see what slows us down. Sometimes that's internal. Sometimes it's external and things that are out of our control. But until we look in the mirror and we ask ourselves these questions, we will never be able to speak our real truth to ourselves which prohibits us from becoming that best version of ourselves at the highest level. Hmm. Epic. Boom. I love that. Dude, I just got to ask, you got a lot of great energy. You have a lot of enthusiasm when you talk. I can tell that you're somebody that just operates at a high level of energy. Um, have you always been this way? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'll say I'm naturally, my baseline is higher than the, the average human being, yes. I think. Like, yeah. like I, I have this thirst, like just this innate energy, but... That being said, I work very hard to be able to bring the energy to the people that need it. And that looks a lot like taking care of myself, 
right? I can't give my energy to others if I'm not in the right headspace, if I'm not in the right fields, if I'm not taking care of my body. So I put a lot of work and effort into myself so that when I come on a show like this, when I speak in front of thousands of people, when I work one-on-one -on -one with the client in our groups, that I can come and deliver excellence. Because it's my job, it's my duty, it's my responsibility to make sure I show up for the people the way I know I can. When you look at guys like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, it doesn't matter if they played in a gym with five people or 5,000 people. They came and they brought their A game because they never knew who was watching at that time. You've got to show up. But that energy doesn't just naturally appear out of thin air forever. That naturally is, that energy is, is cultivated. And, and one example that I, that I like to talk about a lot, and this is like, people are like, Jake, you're crazy for doing this. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'm crazy, but guess what? It works, right? And sometimes we gotta remove ourselves from what other people are gonna think about our actions. And so what I do is I literally have in my calendar, I call it the hype up meeting, okay? So I literally put in the calendar, I block off 15 minutes for, for the hype up meeting. And I will go in front of the mirror and I'm just looking at my mirror. I'll turn on some tunes, you know, I'll put on some Eminem, lose yourself, maybe some Kanye, just some like upbeat stuff. And I will literally just look at the mirror and for 15 minutes, a couple minutes on, a couple minutes off, I will just hype myself up. Yeah, I'll look at the mirror, I'll be like, let's go, baby. Like you are the man. And I'll talk about like I am statements. I'll say affirmations. I'll just get fired up about like, look at my life. Like this is amazing. Like let's deliver, right? And I'm getting focused. I'm just internally charging, right? It's like my own charging station. And then I flip the switch and it's game time, right? And we talk about sports and everything. When, it, when the lights go on and the ball's thrown in the air and the clock starts, it's time for you to perform. When the light goes on and that record button comes on, you better believe it's game time. And all of those things though, the, 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 the hype up meeting though is killer. And it's super awkward. It's super uncomfortable at first, but dude, it's, it's phenomenal. You give yourself fist bumps in the mirror, like become your own biggest fan because in this journey of life, you have to be there for yourself. There are going to be times where you're going to have the ups and they're going to have the downs. There are going to be times where you have your support system, but you have to, at the end of the day, be the one that says, I'm in control of what I can control. And I'm willing to do what I can to create the life that I've always wanted. Hype up meeting, getting scheduled. I love it. Do you, you do this in the, do you do this before big meetings? Do you do this at the beginning of the day once, or do you do this before every time you go on? I typically will do this like regularly once or twice a week. Okay. Or if I feel like, if I feel like I kind of am down, sometimes I'll just do this. And I'll, and because I'll, I'll, I know what comes from when I do this. So if I'm feeling down, I know that it'll bring my energy up. Right. Yeah. But I also have different rituals before big speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. I'll always stand in the back of the room. I jump up and down. I get the blood flowing. I normally get introduced as like uh, a starting lineup introduction so that I can come in with that energy, right? Like it's all about how we make people feel and the experience you create. But for me, man, I, I try to always find ways to just get excited. If I'm going on a date, you know, before the day, I'm like, let's go. Yeah. You know, I, I got my things I say, right. If I'm, if I'm doing really anything, I always want to make sure that I, I come as the best version of me because that's what I expect of myself. And I want to be that person for other people. So mm -hmm. I always try to find ways to, to make sure I have good energy. Um, and if I don't, I acknowledge that, you know, yeah. and then I make sure I find ways to recharge as well. Right. Was this something that, and I can't wait to, to read the book this week, but was this something that uh, you found with the people you interviewed as well? Um, did you find that they all had some way of generating the energy or channeling energy somehow to stay at a certain level or self-care to 
be able to perform at a certain level? Yeah, I mean, so so one of the questions that, that I ask in the book is like, what is one action? If you can only pick one, what is one daily action that you recommend everybody do to become the best version of themselves? And the, the, the majority of these answers were all related to something focused internally, standing in stillness, hydrating, getting the right sleep, meditating, visualizing, all part of this self-care thing, right? Uh, building the right relationships, right? Like what is the one action? And so when you think about it, you know, it all comes down to this purpose, okay? And a lot of the guests in the book talk about finding your purpose, talk about understanding your purpose and, and using that to drive your willingness to go because you're not always going to be motivated, but you can become motivating in that pursuit. And so a lot of them talk about all these different actions. A lot of people in the guests talk about your purpose and how you can channel that so that you can keep going in the face of adversity. Um, but, you know, I think that the biggest thing I've taken away from that is that it's so important to fill up your own cup. It's just so important that you find a way to take care of yourself and you do it in a way that's not what other people suggest, but in a way that works for you, right? We live in a world where you're like 5 a.m. in the morning, meditate, hot water, lemon, cold shower, this, go that, work out. No, no, no. All of those things are wonderful. And I do many of those things, but you have to do them in an order and time that works for you and then push yourself a little harder, okay? I don't want you to be comfortable, but I do want to challenge you to find something that works for you because your routine and my routine, they may be similar, but if, but if I try to do exactly what you do, it may not work for me. And I may then say, well, why isn't it working? Then I may blame you and not look inward for myself for giving me a faulty routine. It's not your fault. It's mine. I didn't step up to the best version of myself. And the only way we can do that, though, is by trial and error. So I always suggest when people are coming up with routines or implementing other people's advice is to test it and add your own flair, to try something different and see which one's better, and then consistently move forward and keep going based off that. Beautiful. So good. Yeah. I've experimented with the routine a lot for many years and it's, and it's always evolving too. Cause as we grow, like you said, when we reach a different level, your pregame warmup before an NFL football game is going to be a lot different than it was for a high school football game. So I feel like as you reach the different levels, the routine and different seasons and stages, like you shift and grow with them and what you need today might be a little bit different than when you need tomorrow. So I found that giving myself some flexibility and, and constantly, like you said, trial and error and constantly adapting the, the, the framework or the container remains the same in terms of like, what's the function that this is providing for me, but the form changes. And once I started giving myself permission to, to color outside of the lines a bit and, and experiment with changing the form of achieving the same function, it was like everything started connecting and hitting. So that's a great way to explain it to people. I like that a lot. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, uh, Look, it's, it's all an adventure, right? If, if there was a singular answer for the game of life, we would all be winning, right? right? We would all do it. But that's the crazy and awesome thing is there's no right way to do it. It's millions of ways. There's billions of people. Everybody's different. There's only one you, and you get to decide what you do next. And so it's really about like understanding that we're, we're playing. Step in the game and let's go. Yeah. Game time. So, okay. I want to, I want to unpack your, your, your backstory a bit here because, um, this is clearly a very, uh, this direction and this path that you're on and that you've been on is not the normal 
you know, go to high school, go to college, get a, get a job path. So where did it feel like, when did you know you were different? And I use that in a positive connotation. And where did it, did it feel like there was a point where you were kind of at a fork in a road and you, everybody went left and you went right and you chose this different path? I think I always wanted to be a little bit different. Um, but I did have that traditional path in my mind. So here's what I thought. When I realized that as a 5'8 Jewish kid from the suburbs, I wasn't going to play for the Lakers, I knew I had to change my dream a little bit, right? And so the first thought was, okay, I'm very smart. My parents focus on academics and they pushed me. I think they knew I probably wasn't going to the NBA. So they made sure like my academics were on point. But I said, okay, if I can't play in the NBA, let me be an agent. I'll represent the best players and I'll be on the court in some capacity. So my thought initially was, I'll graduate high school. I'll go to college. I'll become a sports agent. I'll be one of the youngest sports agents to sign a lottery pick. Mm -hmm. I'll get really rich, make millions of dollars. I'll go on to buy a house, maybe buy an island, get married, have kids, then give back, start writing books and speaking. All right. But here's when it shifted. Right after I got, right after I graduated, or right before I graduated from college, the agency that I wanted to work for went on a hiring freeze and they couldn't bring me on. So right then and there, something different than what I had projected Mm. had to happen. Well, fast forward a couple months and I end up getting a job with the Lakers. So I end up starting my job working for the team during Kobe's final NBA season. And while I was there, the plan was okay. A little detour, but also like, holy shit, I'm working for the Lakers. Like this is the coolest thing ever. Like, of course, I'm going to say yes to it. I'll keep networking with agents. And then after the season, I'll go back to the agent world and see what I could do. It'll be a nice boots on the resume. It'll be all great. So I still have this plan. But while I'm working there, I have this experience with Jerry West. Okay. I have this and Jerry West. If people who are listening, don't know who he is. He is the NBA logo. I mean, he is a Lakers legend. He is a hall of fame player. Literally, is a big, literally. <laughs> literally, literally. Right. So, so here I am. I'm, I'm going to share this with you. So, so I'm in an elevator. Okay. And my, part of my job for the Lakers was I was picking the contestants. All right. So, so I got to pick all that, the half court shot contestants, the skills challenge, the three point shootout, meet and greets, anything that had a brand partner involved as a corporate partnerships assistant. I got to facilitate that on game days. So I'm in the elevator going down to the event level, just like any day. And the, the player, the guy's going to shoot a 95 K half court shot, like big money. So I'm getting juiced up, right? I'm in the elevator. Right as the elevator doors close though, Jerry West walks in. And I'm like, holy smokes. You know, I'm like, I've looked at you my whole life. Like we have, we have a room in my parents' house that I grew up in called the Lakers room. Like, I'm so excited about this. The person working the elevator though, has no idea who Jerry is. So he looks at Jerry and he goes, excuse me, sir. uh, What floor do you want to go to? Jerry looks at him and goes, uh, the event level, right? I mean, Jerry's got courtside seats. The person working the elevator though, looks at him and he goes, well, do you have a credential? Because if not, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to step off because this young man pointing at me has work to do. And I was like, oh no, he didn't like, no, he did not just say that. So Jerry, very politely, he looks at the guy and he goes, no, I don't have a credential, but do you know who I am? And the person has no idea. And I'm like sweating, right? Like I'm profusely sweating at this point. Like, I can't believe what I'm witnessing. The guy's working the elevator. He looks at Jerry and he says, well, I'm going to have, sir, can you please step off? And I was like, Oh my God, as Jerry's about to step off, I don't know why, but I go, wait, he's my guest. He's with me. I'll escort him down. Now the person working the elevator starts to look confused and he starts looking at me and he's, and he's making this expression, which is like, dude, why didn't you say hi to him? If he's your guest, like what kind of, what kind of employee are you that doesn't say hi? Right. And he goes, but are you sure? So I look at Jerry and I 
kind of look at him like waiting for the nod of approval. He gives me the nod. I look at the person in the elevator. I give him the same nod. And my man, it was the greatest 14 second elevator ride I've ever had. Okay. Now, now we get off and I'm sweating and I start to now all of a sudden everything starts to come up. Is he going to be mad at me? Is he going to be pissed at the elevator attendant? Like this is Jerry West. What's about to happen right before Jerry leaves. He sticks out his hand. He shakes my hand and he says, thank you. I appreciate what you just did for me. And it was in that moment where I realized and looking back at it, I can, I can pinpoint this as a big moment for me was in that moment. I realized that we are all just people. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are, how old you are, how young you are, what status you have, where you live, who you're married to, what your partner's like, how you, how, what your religious backgrounds, none of that stuff matters. What matters is that we're all people and we all have this desire to be loved, to be heard, to be complimented, to feel like we belong and feel that we matter. And in that moment, Jerry West made me feel like the most important person in the world. And I knew that my path wasn't going to just be the same. Because the next day I said, how can I give this feeling, the feeling now that I call the feeling of elevation? How do I give this feeling to people every single day of my life? How do I elevate how they feel so they can achieve more, be more, do more? And that led me to starting to do more and think about it. That led me to writing my first book. And that kind of put me on this next path where I was still doing the agent route, but also I had something bigger, something that I thought I had to be super successful for in order to be able to do. Only difference was instead of waiting 30 years and having a career to do it, I said, well, why can't it be me that starts it now? And over the last five years, it's been an incredible, incredible journey that has allowed me to work in basketball all over the world, but has also allowed me to speak and write books and impact lives all over the world. Incredible. What, a, what an awesome story in the elevator. You can't make that shit up, man. That's so good. <laughs> So, so yeah. then you decided to, to take that path. And at what point did you, at what point did you pivot away from the Lakers organization or agency or wherever you were at and decide I'm going full-time with this? Was that five years ago? Yeah. So, so, it, so Kobe was retiring at the, at the end of the season in 2016. Okay. And, and I had been writing my book. I would, I would leave at 5am. I'd get to the Lakers office. I, I'd write every morning before I'd go into work. And I was like, here's the thing though. I didn't know how to write a book. Like, let me put it to you this way. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't go to school to be a writer. I was just like, I'm just a 23-year-old kid trying to write my first book and get it out there. I didn't know when to launch it, but I knew that the Lakers weren't making the playoffs. So I knew that Kobe's final days was going to be at the end of this month. So I said, screw it. So is mine. Me and Kobe were retiring together. Jerseys are going up in the rafters. Let's go, baby. Let's start this next journey. So literally, I said, okay, what's the first of the next month? May 1st. That's when the first book came out. And right after that, I started to kind of have two angles. One was let's see what I could create in basketball. But the other angle was, well, I have an, I have a book that people are really liking it's, and it's impacting lives. And I had just found out that being a motivational speaker actually can get you paid very well. So now I was like, well, how do I explore both of these avenues, see which one takes off, see if they both take off and, and make sure that I can, I can deliver. And that led me to realizing, okay, is the agent route the best move for me? And I was like, well, I need to do something big because I don't want to be an assistant at this point. Like now I have this book, I have another option. So I'm not going to be an assistant and get mail and do all that. So what did I do? I was like, well, NBA had just announced some new rules. I was like, what if I put on an event that helped under underexposed prospects get in front of NBA teams, national media, and, and give their agents some work? I was like, well, I could get to know a lot of agents. I can negotiate straight with them. Maybe one of them will pick me up from this. And it'll be a big idea. 
that idea turned into the pro basketball combine where now we've helped over 70 NBA draft prospects sign, sign contracts in 30 plus countries resulting in tens of millions of dollars. I never ended up becoming an agent, mm. at least not as of now. Right. And, and what's crazy about this is sometimes we can't predict what's going to happen. Even if we have a path or a vision of where we want to go, we can't predict exactly where we'll end up. But what we can do is make sure our action is in alignment with where we desire to be and who we desire to become. And when you do that and focus on things that are in control, then the things that are out of your control may start to flow and fall into place where they're supposed to. And that's what allowed me to build that event. And that's what allowed me to also build out the speaking business and do them simultaneously while I was able to continue to grow and, and, and rise through the ranks that way. Super cool. What I love about that story of, of creating this event was that you decided to take control and creatively be like, okay, well, how can I provide value and get in front of the people that I want to get in front of? And you created this thing that has led to some incredible results clearly over the years. But like, I, I like that element of creative thinking and Oh, it's not just like, oh, you know, the agency's not hiring or, you know, there's some not it's not the right time for me. You're just like, what can I do? And I think that's a really empowering mindset there. Thanks, man. And, and, and look, a lot of that stems from advice a mentor gave me when I was in college. And this is a mentor. He's still a mentor of mine today. And he's played a pivotal role in my career. And he always would tell me, solve the problem. Find a way to solve the problem. Because so often what happens in our life is something comes up that is not according to plan. And instead of taking a second to just experience it, we immediately get defensive or we fall backwards and we say, oh, well, that way is that road is blocked now. And that's the end of that. But in reality, that's just an obstacle. It's a challenge. It's a roadblock. It's a problem. Whatever word you want to use there, we got to start thinking about how do we solve this problem? What is, what is actually the problem? Is it they're not hiring or is it you don't really want to be in that line of work? Because sometimes we use things that happen to us as excuses to give ourselves permission that, oh, it's not meant to be. But in reality, when things come up, it's how do we solve this problem? What is the actual problem? And then how do we come up with a creative solution? I wanted to get in front of MBA agents so that they could see me in action, see me actually doing real work that wasn't assistant level. So I created a major event. And if that event failed, I would have been out a lot of money and I would have made a fool of myself in the basketball community, but it didn't. And even if it did, I would have found a way to pick myself up and keep on going. So I think that that was a really great piece of advice that, that helped with this creative thinking is there's not one way to do something. Right. And we talked about that a little earlier. There's no right way to live life and win the game of life. There's no one way to build a business. There's no one funnel to use to, to grow, get leads. Right. There's, there's no one way to, to live life. There are a variety of different options and it, and you have to be willing to think creatively, to try something new, to, to put yourself out there, even when it may not work out the way you hope it does. And that requires courage. That requires vulnerability. And that shit's hard, man. Like for the longest time, I try to stay away from that. I didn't want people to know that, that you made, I made certain mistakes, especially easy mistakes that maybe other people would have been like, how did you do that? But those things happen. Mm -hmm. And along this journey, it's not always going to go well. So you got to be able to look within yourself and say, okay, this happened. Am I going to allow this or the haters or the naysayers to dictate what I do next? Or am I going to look within 
ignite the fire and let's keep going, keep burning mm-hmm. the trail. And Definitely. those are things that we have, we have to think about. Absolutely. And I think that now the, the social value or social capital that that provides, especially when you're talking about uh, lead generation or content creation, like authenticity is what cuts through. We have that sense. I feel like humans have that sense. Like they have like a sense of what's BS or what's real or what's authentic. Like we we're hit with so much every day. And what I find at least things that resonate with me, and this is what resonated with me when I was checking out your stuff as well, when back when we connected was just like, you can tell it's like, this dude's authentic. Like this dude means what he says. He's not saying it to say it. He clearly is passionate about this and is authentic. And that, that I feel like really connects with people. Is that something that you found as well? Yeah, man. First of all, I appreciate you saying that, but it's, dude, it's true. It's you are you. And that's the best secret sauce you could ever imagine, right? Like that's, that's the magic potion. That's the winning juice. That's, that's the secret sauce, you know? And and we do have like a sense, you know, you just, your BS detector goes off and you're like, no, this person's full of shit. But, you know, for me, I've learned an invaluable lesson as I've stepped into that. Okay. Because we, I mentioned, we all want to be loved, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as people too, we all want people to like us. So in the social media world, we think, oh, we want, especially when you're going in business, we're like, we want everybody to like us, but you don't have customers that like you, you have customers that love you. Right. And so I always tell people, it doesn't matter if a million people like you to be the most in the deepest relationships and the most meaningful relationships to work with the best clients that are perfect for you. You need the right people to love you. And I think that that's so true when you talk about really stepping into your, your, your authentic self is some people are not going to like you. Some people do not like how much energy I have and how fast I talk. And that's okay. That doesn't mean I am any less than. That doesn't mean I need to change everything about me. What that does mean is, hey, I hope you find someone who talks a little slower or who's more up your alley. That's great because I want you to find the person that you'll resonate with. But other people, they're like, holy smokes, like I need this energy in my life. I love the way you talk fast. I could get so much content when I'm putting you on 2X. Like it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's amazing. And I'm like, great, you're my people. And it's not that we're excluding people, but you have to be confident with yourself so that you can express that, that true authenticity that people will really feel and believe and see so that you can build those relationships with the right people. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It's all about the relationship building in that way. And uh, networking is something that you, I think, teach a lot or talk about a lot, something that you do. What's your philosophy or your take on elevated networking? Oh man, how much time we got, brother? Yeah, it, um, hit me. No, man. Look, look, I think at the foundation of growing a business and a successful life, it comes down to your ability to connect with people. You look at two, two very, very simplistic examples here. I have never seen a business be successful without customers period. If you don't have customers, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. Hey, the science will show you, the research will show you that the number one indicator to long-term happiness is your relationships. If you want to grow a business, you need customers, aka people. And if you want to be happy, you need people. But what do we desire in life? We desire freedom, choice, and happiness. Those are the things we all want. Well, what's the common denominator between everything I just said? People, our ability to build relationships. The problem is, is we spend so much time in our lives focusing on the things we have to do rather than the people we need to meet, the people we need to connect with. And so my philosophy on relationships is that if you don't have conversations, you won't have conversions. If you don't ask good questions, you'll never get the right answers. If you don't listen well enough, you won't be able to solve your people's problems. 
if you want to really succeed at the level you're capable of in business or life, it comes down to your ability to curate relationships. And that comes down to, can you provide the feeling of elevation in a way that people build trust with you? That people say, you know what? I love the way he makes me feel. I want to get to know him more. I love how she asked me all these questions and genuinely cares about me. That is a person I want to see again, right? If I talk to you about a person and you'll probably have someone and everyone listening, I want you to think of this. Like if you think of somebody that when you talk to them, you, they ask a lot of questions. They just, you know, when you hang out with them, you're just going to feel really good. You're going to have great energy. You're like, oh my gosh, like I need this person in my life. Like I need like a monthly chat with them or something, right? Like we all have these people and somebody obviously comes to mind always. How can you be that person for somebody else? Mm. How can you be there for somebody? Because we will never know what somebody is going through. We will never know what someone's going through. But if we take a second and we say, how are you? And we actually listen, we might learn something. If we ask a question that's not, oh, what do you do? But it's what excites you the most about what you're doing? we become different. When you become different, it allows people to feel a sense of connection. When you ask questions that actually get to know somebody, it creates an emotional response, triggering memories, experiences, feelings. That allows them to connect with you deeper right off the bat. So instead of saying, what piece of advice do you have? You could say, what is the one thing you wish you knew when first starting your business? Instead of just asking for advice, you're now taking them down memory lane to create an emotional experience that they had. Different things like this really enable you to build your relationships at different points of your journey, depending on what the objective really looks like. Mm -hmm. Really good. What excites you the most about what you're doing? That's a great, that's a great question. Is, is that what you said instead of what do you do? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so I asked somebody, I asked somebody the other day, I was like, oh, like, what do you do? Like, we were just making small talk. And they're like, that's a pretty vague question. And that's a question that, you know, a lot of people have their own opinions on how to, how to answer that or how to ask that. And like this, 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 this person, she was just like, that's such a vague question. And then I was like, okay. And then I asked that question instead. I said, well, what are you most excited about what you're doing? And by doing that, not only did I find out exactly what she was doing, which I also then had better follow-up questions to ask. Mm -hmm. But I was able to get her excited right off the bat. And whenever somebody has an excitement feeling, your, your energy is going to start to resonate. And, that, and people feel energy. People pick up off energy, right? We already talked about that today. But good energy plays a big role in communication. Body language, energy, all of these things play a role. So yeah, that's a great question to ask people. That's a fun one. I like that. Wow. So... When it comes to actually, I, I like the idea too, that we focus a lot on the things we have to do versus the people that we have to meet. And I've always said too, that it like doesn't happen in a vacuum. You don't just hit your goals in a vacuum or it doesn't, it, it really can be limiting and you got to get out there and rub shoulders with people and have coffee with people and ask questions and, and push like, that's where the opportunities are, are, are waiting for you. So what, what advice do you have to people who want to create more opportunities? Maybe they want to pivot out of their career, but they want to build more meaningful relationships? Like what, 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 off, what, what might you offer those type of people? So I'm going to preface this by saying that the number one, number one hands down reason why we are hesitant to build relationships or ask difficult questions is because we are afraid of the rejection that may come from that. Okay. This is one of the biggest things that I talk to people about building relationships, clients, job careers, relationships, whatever it may be. Okay. And I'm going to tell you a hard truth you are going to be rejected. 
you will be rejected on your journey to building extraordinary relationships. Here's why. Not everybody is going to be the perfect fit at the perfect time for what you're looking for. It's just, it's, it's just that truth. And not everybody wants to talk to you. It's just the truth. I get rejected all of the time. In my book, I must have been rejected hundreds of times from different interviews, from different people, from putting this or putting that in the book. Like, but here's the thing. When you understand that rejection is part of the game and you realize that when someone doesn't want to talk to you or doesn't respond back to you right away, and you realize that that is not a reflection of who you are as a person, it just might be poor timing. It might be they're busy. It might be they're actually just not interested, but it doesn't make you any less than. It's one of the biggest things, right? That's one of the biggest mistakes or biggest roadblocks that people have, which is why we never even start. Okay. The next thing that I would say is when you want to build these relationships is you have to understand that your communication style is you. Your communication style is yours. You don't have to communicate like I do. You don't have to be extroverted like me. But what you do have to do is you have to own your style because people are more concerned about you being real with them than you trying to be the person you think they want you to be. We see it time and time again where people put on a front or they ask questions. And then they, they get the job or they get the, the, the woman or the man or they get the, the client. And then it's not a good fit. It's not a good fit because you weren't being you. So understanding that your communication style is yours. And then once you understand that your communication style is yours, we need to get clear on like, who do we want to connect with? Why do we want to connect with them? And what are we going to do specifically to make that actually happen? Okay. And that is so important because if you're not intentional, people are going to think that you only want to reach out for something. Intentionality in relationships breeds opportunity. And that is so, so, so important. So once, once you have that, you can start to ask these questions, you can formulate your plan, then you can actually begin doing the work. And this could take five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, depending on what it is that you're trying to achieve and do. And that'll be a great foundation to really build some incredible relationships. Amazing. I love it, dude. Well, I mean, 45 minutes flew by just like that. I, uh, I, anytime, anytime I have a, a, a great podcast like this, um, I, I, I get how Joe Rogan can talk for hours on end with his guests, right? You see it very clearly. So, um, I do want to wrap here so we can have a few minutes, uh, a few minutes before the we hit to the top of the hour. Um, is there, where, where can people find you, the book, follow up? How do people stay in touch? The best place right now is, is hit me up on the gram. It's just at Jake Kelfer. That's the, the best spot. Let's chat in the DMs. Let's, let's talk. Let's connect. I'll answer questions. And if you want to get a copy of The Elevated Entrepreneur, you can get at the link in my bio or you can visit theelevatedentrepreneur.co. Um, and we made this book free for everybody. So uh, you can buy it on Amazon and pay full price, or you can buy it for free on that website, get some bonuses as well. All we ask is that you, you cover some shipping and handling. Um, but we wanted to make this book accessible for everybody. You know, We wanted to be able to ship it to your door and uh, put it in your hands and really bring that feeling of elevation to life. So theelevatedentrepreneur.co. And uh, I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts. Amazing. Yeah. We'll definitely, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, anything else you want to share with the, uh, with, with the listeners as we wrap up here? I'll leave you with one, one last piece of advice for everyone that's listening is we all want a shortcut to win the game of life. We all want the car. We all want the person. We all want the fame. We all want the status. We all want it all. We want the freedom, we want the choice, we want the happiness. But my dad told me 
that there's only one shortcut. And the only shortcut in life is to start now. So whatever it is that you seek, whatever it is that you desire, after you listen to this, you put down your player, however you're listening to this, go do one thing to start now. Just take that one little action. Reach out to one person. Send one follow-up email. Give one high five. Tell somebody you love them. Send one text of appreciation. But start now because the game of life is waiting for you. Boom. Drop the mic on that one. Uh, Pleasure, brother. Thank you for being on here. And uh, can't wait to have you back on again in the future. Of course, man. I really appreciate you for, for asking some great questions today. Always. All right, man.